0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the MJ Sports Podcast. My name is Mark and I'm joined by Jonas. And this is your week of sports in
1: review. Sports. 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 And we are back once again for... Probably a little bit shorter of an episode this week, Mark, because there's really not too much going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're we're kind of reaching that low where, you know, we're waiting for the MLB to start up. All that's really going right now is the NBA and the NHL, and you know we're still in the middle of college basketball. So there's there's really not a whole lot of
1: whole lot and of news. But the sad thing is is No one cares about NBA or NHL regular (laughs) season. (laughs) I know. I know. And I don't know if that's – maybe we just don't enjoy those sports as much because – well, I don't know if it's sad or if it's because baseball plays like every single day that it seems like it's more entertaining to keep up with. I don't know. But, but yeah, but I guess the the real big news – Uh, coming from this week was I think just a day or two ago Jalen Johnson a projected top 10 NBA pick uh, that has been playing for Duke this year he has opted out of the remainder of the season now I know he had an ankle injury uh, and missed a couple games and the last very last game he played he played eight minutes Really didn't look very good, and I don't know if that was due to just trying to overcome, you know, his ankle, or or what. But really, in my opinion, he didn't look that great for the whole season. Now, I heard Seth Greenberg, like, yesterday, talking like, you know, it was like, he's just, he's quitting on his team. Like, making this massive assumption, like, five minutes after the news broke, and I was thinking well that's obviously for for clickbait but uh i don't know we want what what do you think mark is is opting out for this dude a bad decision or a good decision
0: i mean honestly this is the season to do it if you're going to do it with covid going on you know duke's duke's having a rough uh, rough season
1: um well, to be fair, I think we were like 2-0 and in the games that he didn't play.
0: Oh, well, there's that. But, I, I, mean, I mean, I think, you know, you said he's got an ankle injury. I, I don't think it's going to hurt him that bad, to be honest. I mean, again, with COVID, you already have some people who've opted out. Obviously, not too many big names in um, the men's college basketball side. But, I mean, I, I feel like... I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't think he should declare for the draft, coming off of this or anything. Like,
1: well, here's the thing: if you opt out now, he didn't really specify reason. Like, if he would have opted out and said, uh, the virus," I know I played some, but it's coming back or something, or my ankle. I, you know, it, if it was for the virus, it might. Uh, I think it'd still be dumb, but at least I think people would respect that. But the ankle, like, you know for sure that he would just be going for the draft. He might as well just declare for the draft because he's not coming back to Duke, I, I wouldn't think, even though really he really hasn't even played as good as the last top ten players that we've had, you know.
0: I mean, if he was a real player, he'd go play at Wisconsin. You know, he'd he'd redshirt his freshman year, so he'd have five seasons. and That's right. And he'd never declare for the draft. And you know that's that's real basketball right there. So you never um, see, you never see this in the Big Ten. That's all I'm saying.
1: Man, speaking of Wisconsin, what happened? You guys are you guys are falling apart.
0: We're actually, you know, it's not as bad as it looks. We've actually been playing in some pretty close games. Um, you know, Michigan absolutely blew us out in the la- the previous game we played against them earlier this season, and. You know, we did have a little bit of a collapse, but I'm telling you, Michigan is a – I've watched both Michigan games against Wisconsin, and I've watched some bits and pieces of them in Big Ten play. Michigan is really, really good. Like, if you haven't watched them play, they're one of the best defensive teams in, in the country by far. I mean, they are they are really good. And, they've you know, they've missed – I think it was they were at like 20 days or something like that because of covid mm. so i mean i think part of it with wisconsin is they usually hit a stretch like this in their season about this time you know they kind of reach the middle of big 10 play and they start to struggle and then usually they pick it back up at the end so i'm not too worried for the most part they're still playing you know pretty good basketball game basketball they're just not finishing out games um i, I think we'll be better when it kind of comes to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, at least you're going to be in the tournament. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I I will say, I think the best ACC team right now is looking like Florida State. They just beat Virginia like a day ago uh, by like 15. They got, you know, Virginia is the best defensive team in the ACC and usually, you know, top 10 in the country uh, at least. And I think they were like, giving up like 48 points per game for the season and Florida State put up they were winning 40 to 20 at halftime. So, Florida State is probably the ACC's best shot this year, but it seems like they always tend to choke whenever they're ranked in the, you know, top 15 or whatever. So, but.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get to the tournament here. I, we we've got some different Tournament's going to look a little bit different this year, you know. Duke and Kentucky, you know, non-participants really.
1: Um, I don't know. Duke going to win the ACC tournament, with that <laughs> automatic bid.
0: Illinois State's going to win the Missouri Valley and do the same thing, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there, I feel like there's there, there's a couple really good teams this year, so I think I think we'll have some exciting matchups.
1: I'm kind of – you know, I'm excited for there to be a little bit of variety besides – I mean, granted, Kentucky hasn't really been really good since, I don't know, six, seven years ago. Right. Um, but Kansas and Duke are usually always – I mean, Duke has made the Elite Eight like the past three years. Kansas seems to make it pretty far. Gonzaga always seems to be ranked high, but they can't quite pull it off. So I'll be interested – same thing with Baylor a lot too. That it seems like they get ranked high and can't quite pull it off. So I'm excited. I honestly I I will cheer for Wisconsin. Uh, I you know just just because why not? They they always seem like they're a fun team to watch whenever they get in the tournament.
0: I mean, you know, the thing with Wisconsin is they usually start most of their starting lineup is upperclassmen, and you don't see that on a lot of teams. So. You usually see a pretty polished game and a pretty good game regardless of the opponent. But You see, my, my real pick's just going to be whoever comes out of the Missouri Valley. That's, that's America's best conference right
1: there. It's going to be Loyola-Chicago again. That's right. See, my, see, the team I always choose is Northern Iowa. Ever since, I just want to throw this out there. Whenever they beat Kansas like 13 years ago, I picked them to beat Kansas that year. I just want to say that. So, ever since that year...
0: Maybe Florida Gulf Coast makes another run.
1: (laughs) Oh, maybe. You bring back Dunk City or whatever they were called. (laughs) So, well, you want to get into the MLB?
0: Yeah, so we actually, you know, at the time of recording, there's some pretty big news. Um, One of the MLB's biggest, youngest stars, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, just signed a massive deal. Now, mind you, he's 22 years old. Okay. The contract is 14, 14 years for $340 million, which is insane when you think about the fact that, you know, he's been in the league for two years now. Granted, he's been phenomenal since he's come up, and he's clearly one of the best young stars in the game. Do you feel like this contract may be a tad bit, you know, premature?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking maybe one year too early. I I don't know. But usually, usually you kind of see a a second year slump more often than maybe that third year. I mean, you kind of had that case with like that, you know, a Quino guy from the Reds kind of really fell off after he had a massive two months to end the season. Although, I don't know. I figure, you know, Gary Sanchez is not quite the best model uh, (laughs) to say, you know, Oh, he's had a third year slump. He kind of has always had a slump. uh, So, (laughs) so I don't know. I, I, out of two years. Everyone thought Juan Soto was going to have a terrible year last year, and he had a phenomenal year, and it was just overlooked because the Nationals were so bad. So, I don't know. I, after thinking about it, I'd go for it. Why not?
0: I mean, personally, you know, I agree with you. It may be, I mean, he's 22. You know, they still have control, you know, of him. They would still theoretically have control over him for a couple of years you know, through arbitration and things. But, I mean, I like the move. I mean, everything so far indicates, I mean, Tatis is a phenomenal player. He's great on the base paths. He's a great fielder. The guy's a freaking athlete, and he can rake at the plate. So, you know, I I I like the move. I mean, the Padres. The,
1: the, the only thing I'll say maybe why I would have waited is because you only had a 60-game sample size this past year. And it might be nice just to see him for a full, you know, let's say he takes like 15 games off, you know, full like 145 games yeah, season. But that would have been probably mostly the reason I might have just waited.
0: Well, they've they've got some but, pretty big contracts over in San Diego right now because they've got Manny Machado, who's also on a $300 million deal. You know, and you've got Clevinger, who's making good money. I mean – they they've got some some capital tied up with some players, and you know what? I'm glad the Padres are in win now mode. They were so bad for you know so many years there.
1: Well, so. I find it interesting that they go from like rebuilding for 15 years to instantly win now. Because now I feel like I mean they got like Clevenger and all the guys they trade. I don't even remember who all they traded for at this point. Snell, uh, yeah, Snell. They didn't get did they get D'ervish too? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, no,
0: they did get D'ervish.
1: Oh, see, it's like what in the I, world. I mean, I mean so like they to me they got like 3 or 4 years to win a championship. Otherwise, I mean, they're competing with the Dodgers. They won't have Mike Clevenger this year. Is, and unless they can beat the Dodgers, man, I don't even I it might just be a total waste.
0: Isn't it a shame that the Dodgers and and Padres are in the same division,
1: like. Oh, it is. I'm just hoping they don't do this stupid thing where you, oh, we only play players from the the your same division. So then the Rangers have to play both these teams like 20 times like, <laughs> again, <laughs> after we just did it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. But yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 Padres are dishing out some money. You know, it's. It's about time some other teams did the same. I talked. I'm about-
1: just glad a smaller market team, even though San Diego, I mean, kind of think California, not small market. Even with like the Angels, you don't really think so big market team because of the Dodgers. But it is nice to see a smaller market team actually do something, especially after San Diego getting absolutely robbed by the Chargers for moving. Like,
0: yeah, and well, it's about time the Pirates did the same. You know the Rays. The Rays keep winning with their low payroll, and as much as that annoys me, I mean, as long as they're winning.
1: Well, the thing with the Rays is, yeah, they're gonna keep winning, but you—they're
0: never gonna get a World Series.
1: They're never gonna win the whole thing. Like, yeah, that's the only thing. Like, even as a fan, like you have to know, like, uh, as long as we keep doing this, we're never gonna win. We'll always be good. Never gonna win.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, like, you know, you've got the Pirates who have effectively been rebuilding for the last 45 years, it
1: seems. Well, the Pirates are like the combination of all of your worst fears.
0: Well, they have have an awful owner who every time they, you know, get some players and they decide to pay them wants to move on from them because the team's not ready to win, like, they traded away Josh Bell and, you know, they get rid of any decent talent that they have Oh! You know, well, don't they,
1: forget about Garrett Cole, yeah, Tyler yeah, Glassnow, Cole, Austin I, Meadows, Austin, like. th- Tyler
0: Glassnow, and and Austin Meadows for Chris Archer.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's because they were in win now mode, Except, even though they had well, they like a losing that, record. They,
0: they were six games behind in the NL Central at that
1: point. Well, they had to make a move. They had to get to the playoffs.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the Pirates are a mess, but um. You know, they're starting off another rebuild, so if you're a Pirates fan, you have something to look forward to. Yeah, at really. least you
1: don't have to listen to Corvette, Corvette with the Pirates.
0: <laughs> well, you know, t- t- that's a big contract there. But I would say the biggest signing, re-signing, <laughs> coming home, <laughs> happened yesterday, um, as of the day of recording, which was would have been Tuesday. The mayor of Dingdong City has come back home. And if you don't know who I'm referring to, Travis Shaw is back with the Brewers.
1: <laughs> Let me just say, he's straight trash. Now, You know I'm going to be saying that every time he gets up the bat, just so I can inspire him to hit a home run.
0: Yes, so, you know, no, no one's probably getting this, but yes. essentially, you know, Jonas has watched a lot of Brewers games with me. And every time Travis Shaw would come up to the plate, Jonas and Jonas would say, oh, Travis Shaw sucks. I'm not kidding you. Travis Shaw would hit a home run every time. Like, it was, like, there was, like, games where, like, Jonas would say it twice. And sure (laughs) enough, Travis Shaw would have a two home run game that day. Or he'd have a three. Like, it was insane. So well, and
1: I remember you'd always you'd always start laughing because you'd get like a notification right before it actually happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so. You know, Travis Shaw, Milwaukee as a whole at third base. It's a minor league deal with an invite to camp. I think there's a decent shot he actually breaks the team.
1: You better bet he's gonna be on my fantasy team at at some point. Hey, I might be my last draft pick.
0: <laughs> but no, it's. It's just a, you know, it's one of our favorite side We we love Travis Shaw here at the MJ Sports Podcast. Travis, that,
1: that we do. Let's get Travis yeah, Shaw. Tra- Travis, on, on the <laughs> on the
0: off chance that you are listening
1: to this, let's just like, let's just message this to him directly. Yeah, you are
0: more than welcome to come on here, because because <laughs> I, I we love you, Travis.
1: So that's right.
0: Um, you know. The other big baseball news broke, and, and this is gonna th- th- this is this is heartbreaking for a lot of true baseball fans, one of the game's greatest prospects that's right is retiring before he even gets really much of a chance in the bigs. Tim Tebow uh, officially announced his retirement.
1: It's back to the n f l
0: oh, oh gosh,
1: <laughs> he can be honestly. Maybe it just comes full circle, and he's the quarterback for the Steelers.
0: Or the Patriots.
1: <laughs> oh baby. I mean, that's right.
0: You got to think Tim Tebow might still be able to throw a better football than Cam Newton.
1: Honestly, like, he can probably run just as well. Yeah, but I see those Tim Tebow workout videos. He's like pulling a truck. I mean, the guys
0: the guys definitely still in shape.
1: But yeah, maybe it's time for him to try out the NBA.
0: I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he's really into his broadcasting because I know he does a lot of stuff with college game day. So yeah. he he might want to focus more on that. So
1: well, the only reason he was ever in the minor leagues is because the Mets wanted to make a quick dollar,
0: and and that they did. They even though they denied it, as soon as they signed <laughs> him, their AAA like jersey sales went way up, and yep. they I actually saw they gave him an invite to spring <laughs> trading this year. Um. As well, and it was driving people crazy because they're like, Tim Tebow's never going to realistically be a big leaguer. They're like, you're taking away the chance, a roster spot from somebody who's spent their whole life being an, a player. They should
1: have just, one of these last couple of years, they should have just promoted him to the big leagues like the last month of the season when they were there out of the playoffs and just to try to get more ticket sales and just stuff like that. I agree. And then just say... Hey Tim, you should probably retire at the end of the season. <laughs> so
0: Well, I'm I'm just waiting on Brady to take on the MLB when he retires. So
1: Oh boy. <laughs> Maybe Kyler Murray heads heads back over there I, at some point.
0: I have a feeling he might have the similar clause in his contract that Russell Wilson had that says he can't play baseball. Mm. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, he probably does. I wonder if he even read his contract. Probably not. That's be, what agents are his, for.
0: Yeah, his team probably did it, but
1: well, Mark, it's a month away from baseball. I'll be, we'll probably end up having—I don't—I don't know what, what your thoughts are on this, but just having a, a full episode dedicated to our fantasy teams, I think that'd be pretty entertaining down the road.
0: No, I—I I definitely agree. We are avid fantasy baseball fans, so that's right we we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep you all up to date on how our season's going and you know we'll probably pre- we're going to be drafting here, you know, over the next couple of weeks. So probably yep. probably give our initial post-draft rank post-draft rankings.
1: Yep, yep. That'll <laughs> be uh it's time to start start doing some research on that end <laughs> I can't have a re- repeat of last year. Absolute <laughs> garbage. But uh but you know we're wanting to keep this episode relatively short, so we won't get into that too much. But uh, though, honestly, the one piece of news out of the NBA that I think somewhat intriguing is the Utah Jazz have the best record in the NBA, and literally no one cares. Are they actually good, Mark?
0: You know, I really couldn't tell you because I watch <laughs> about as much of the NBA as I do of the MLS. <laughs>
1: Uh, honestly, I mean, I literally just watch like one minute little clips of some of the games, uh, just to see what's going on. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the Jazz—I don't—I think they're like twenty-three and five or something like that, which incredibly, because I don't think they're playing a full season, are they? No,
0: it's—it's a—I know it's a slightly. Short season this year. I mean, year.
1: we're getting close to, like, halfway through the season almost, which seems incredible. Um, I don't know. To me, they seem like, really, any time you tell me LeBron, you know, is in the conference and he's paired with another top ten player. Now, granted, Anthony Davis is, is going to be out. I guess that's some news. Anthony Davis out for at least March 5th. But, I don't know. To me, I still think it's between the Clippers and the Lakers. uh, And that's just... That's assuming the Clippers can make it to play the Lakers. Because I think they have the best matchup in the West. uh, The Clippers do against the Lakers. But if the Clippers lose to another team... Like, if the Clippers have to play the Jazz... Like, that would be rough, I feel like, for them. But, if the Clippers play the Lakers in the second round... 'Cause right now they're two and three seed. I don't know, maybe they can give them a run for their money. And uh I don't know, to me the Jazz I just feel like are gonna end up being like the Raptors every year that were like number one seed for they're just to me they're a good regular season team.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. I mean usually I don't really start tuning into the NBA too much until pretty much the finals, so <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I will say, Mark, I think we th- that Chris Paul trade for the Suns might be working out, because they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs now. And actually, teams like the Nuggets and the Mavs, who really didn't do too much. I mean, the Mavs lost Seth Curry and picked up Josh Richardson to try to improve defense. That has not helped them at all. And the Nuggets, Jamal Murray had, like, two good playoff series... And this season has been utter trash. And, you know, fat man Jokic can't carry the team every game, unfortunately, for the Nuggets.
0: He's he's so. the MVP, though.
1: Yeah, I would have thought, but he's like, at least in the projected rankings, he's like fifth. I, I could not believe it. I was like, what in the world?
0: I can't believe they're doing that to you. my fantasy star.
1: I know, literally incredible fantasy, <laughs> but
0: uh, I mean, I'm still, you know, the Bulls are about to go on a run here. Trust me.
1: And uh, hey, the Spurs, the Spurs are looking pretty good at the young squad. I, they we're like seventh, eighth seed, something I, like I, that. I saw that. We're I I think we could make it with the you know a little reduced season if we can keep it up. You know, Deontay Murray missed like the last half of last season, which is why we started to be so. Bad. And Derek White missed a lot of the year. So our two young, you know, point guards and slash shooting guards, they're they're playing re- well. DeRozan's playing well. Lamarcus Aldridge is playing well when he actually plays. So granted I saw maybe the Clippers trade for him. I don't know how true that is, considering they have like a blocka and uh whatnot. But
0: uh I mean, you know, with my bulls, Zach Levine's been looking real good this year so far. Um, you know, Wendell Carter's still doing his classic move of, you know, as soon as he starts getting in a rhythm, he gets hurt for two months. <laughs> so, I mean, it's good to see some things don't change. Um,
1: and, Kobe know, White has been pretty nice.
0: Yeah, Kobe, Kobe White is still, he's he's a little inconsistent. Um, he shoots the ball too much. Um, that That's his problem. But I will say, I think, uh, obviously, Bulls have a ways to go. Um, but having Billy Donovan, I think, has really helped in some of the development of some of these players. Because um, the Bulls are playing better basketball than they were last year. They're, they are not closing out games very well. But, I mean, there's... Part of this, too, is them needing to figure out, you know, who they're going to keep going forward because the Bulls brought in a completely new regime. Thank goodness. It only took 20 years. Um, but, you know, they got to figure out, is it worth keeping Mark in and build, you know, having him as a core part of the team? You know, what do we think about Wendell Carter? Um, you know, is Kobe White better suited as a point guard or maybe an off-the-ball type of guy. You know, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered there, but, you know, Bulls are ticking up, you know, a little bit. I still wish they would have brought back, you know, my favorite coach, Tom Thibodeau. who um, you know, actually isn't having a bad run with the uh, the Knicks right now.
1: Well, he managed to get Derrick Rose back on his team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the Knicks aren't... As bad as I thought they were going to be.
1: Julius Randall's been really good this year. Yeah. For some reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now the Knicks are sixth seed in the Eastern Conference.
1: Granted. Do they have a losing record? Yeah, they're fourteen yeah.
0: and fifteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, the East is back to being horrible <laughs> again. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, that is, not even like, Milwaukee is what, like probably four seed, and they're like 20 and 16 or something like Yeah,
0: that. I think they're on a six-game losing streak right now.
1: Man, Giannis, the next thing you know, we're going to be hearing free Giannis, and he just signed like a multi-year extension, like a moron.
0: Well, I saw the Bucks against the cellar dwellers of the East are like 10 and 2. Against everyone else, they have a losing record.
1: I'll tell you right now, it's because Giannis is not the player I had won on my team. He can't shoot a basketball, he cannot shoot it. Don't I, I? Don't care how athletic he is, he can't win if he can't shoot the ball. So, that probably is going to make people mad listening, but uh, it's just fact. So, well, Mark, that's enough of the NBA, I think. My next real question is probably the most exciting news. And actually, I I meant to ask you about this last week, but you know, I was so enthralled in our goat conversation. I I forgot about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers (laughs) is engaged to Shailene Woodley out of absolutely nowhere. What are your thoughts? And, uh, is this going to be a good fit for Rogers as a wife?
0: Well, I'm going to be honest. Before Rogers announced his engagement, I had no idea who Shailene
1: Woodley was. Whoa, Divergent! I think that movie series.
0: Oh, I have, that was a very forgettable movie series. Um,
1: it was like one good movie on the first one, yeah, and then I don't even remember what was supposed to happen in the end.
0: Yep. But, I mean, it, I kind of thought with the way Rogers is, Rogers has been different this year, um, if you've watched his interviews. And I've kind of thought that he was dating somebody. I wasn't thinking he was going to announce he was engaged. Um, that, because Rogers is just, you know, he, he's not as open. He's not a very open person. Um you know he that's why watching some of his Pat McAfee interviews are pretty interesting because he doesn't really delve much into his personal life, and obviously, the first thing time we heard about this engagement was when during his MVP acceptance, so you know i this seems like the most Rogers thing to do um. <laughs> it just, I want to. I don't know. It, it it's it's strange. I mean, Rogers. You know, he's dated Olivia Munn in the past. He's dated Danica Patrick. Um, both haven't really heard any details about him Neither one seemed too pleased after the breakup. So I don't know how this is going to go. But you know, good for Rogers. I'm I'm glad that Rogers has found somebody that makes him happy and. You know, he he talked about how, you know, he had made some better personal decisions in his life over this past year, and I'm I'm a firm believer that one of those good influences was Shailene Woodley after this MVP season.
1: Well, just real quick, uh, there might be some background noise. Uh, that's my heater <laughs> in my apartment. Uh, I don't know if Mark, if you can cut that out, but uh, in editing, but just in case anyone's wanting to know. But, uh, yeah, she's, like, 28, and he's, like, th- or 37, which, I mean, that's really no big deal. But, uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Well, honestly, what I think is more funny is that uh, Murr from the Impractical Jokers uh, got married before Aaron Rodgers. So that was kind of funny, I thought. <laughs> But uh, considering Rogers is much more attractive. But maybe he doesn't have the comedy that Murr does, so...
0: I think Rogers is, you know, he's a little picky, so... <sighs>
1: I think I and, think you're probably right, and I don't, considering I don't the other he, women he's dated, so...
0: And I don't think he typically rushes into things. You know, I I don't know how long they've been dating. I saw a rumor that he's been... he was dating someone, you know, pretty close to after when him and Danica broke up, so I I have no I I have no idea about any of that, but...
1: I just want to see, like, them together. I don't know when the next time that would even happen or be a possibility, but I just, it just is going to be so odd to me, but... Good for good for Aaron. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So
0: that's a, that's the MVP right
1: there. That's right, and that just goes to show you know if you're not married yet, you're not dating someone yet. You have, you until, you're <laughs> you have until you're thirty-seven. You have until you're thirty-seven, and that's looking like Aaron Rodgers. So looks like looks like you know we we all can do it. Yeah. this
0: is turning so. into a dating podcast. <laughs> Relationship oh, okay. advice from two single guys.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. You gotta inspire hope. But uh, well, that pretty well just about does it. Uh, you know, the next part would be the sports we don't care about section, and uh, this week we actually are going to have a little bit extended tennis talk, is is what I'm gonna call it, and uh, do that with. Uh, a young lady named uh, Faith, and she is a tennis player, and uh, we, uh, I, I did that interview and kind of talk yesterday. We, we talked about the Australian Open that's going on right now, their first uh, few rounds, and pretty well up into the quarterfinals. I will say uh, the Rafael Nadal uh, versus Sitsa Pass match hadn't happened yet, and the Djokovic versus Uh, Sasha Varev had not happened yet at time of recording. Uh, Djokovic did end up winning that match to get into the semifinals. So, uh, you know, maybe we bring that back again next week uh, to talk about the semifinals and the championship matches. So, uh, I think Mark's just going to tack that on here at the end. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for listening to the first half of uh, the MJ podcast, uh, maybe, maybe this week uh, it was the MJ dating advice slash comedy show a little bit. But but uh, well, thank you all. We yeah. appreciate your your listenership.
0: Yeah, we'll be back next week.
1: Welcome back, guys, to a special edition of the MJ Sports Podcast today we are going to be talking some tennis and I am joined by the number seven ranked high school female tennis player in the state of Missouri Faith Taylor let's give her a big round of applause here
2: It's good to be here
1: yes yes so today you know Mark will not be not be here for this little special edition you know he usually doesn't talk too much about tennis anyway. So I figured I would just have a, uh, a, an actual tennis athlete, our, our first actual athlete, current athlete on the show. So, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, kind of the keys to success for Faith and how she plays the game and how she has become such a, uh, you know, how she, how she became number seven in the state of Missouri. And uh, then we'll get on a little bit into the Australian Open that is going on. And we're just yes. we're just about into the semifinals. Uh, just about got it all filled out. And uh, so yeah. So faith, uh, not to to be an interviewer here or anything. You know, I don't want to pressure you too much. But, oh uh, yeah. I understand. So uh, I guess my, my first question is how many how many trophies have you won? You know, I, I'm sure everyone wants to wants to know.
2: Oh, as you can see behind me. Um. Well, trophy like medal. I've gotten a lot of medals actually for tennis because that's just the way they do it. I guess it's just medals. But uh, I have four, I think. And so one of them is from state, and one of them is second place Waynesville tournament, and one is a Helias tournament which I won as a freshman, and then my third one. And I have to. I have to turn around and look.
1: Well, that's okay, because, and, and just to clarify, all those towns are towns in Missouri. So, <laughs> but, um, so, Faith, what are what what would you say are maybe the top three keys to success for for maybe not only you but other tennis players, even going all the way to Serena Williams, you know, Djokovic, Federer, some of these really skilled players. What? Should, you know, beginners of tennis, you know, people just started not watching, what should they really be looking for uh, from some of these top players?
2: Um, well, consistency is a big one. You don't want to, like, all, if you're beginning tennis, you don't want to start off with all these, like, cool special moves that you don't know quite yet you want to just make sure that you keep it in and over the net obviously but um so yeah consistency is a big one uh for me personally uh going into a match with a good mindset helps tremendously uh so like tennis for the people who don't know is 50 percent mental and 50 percent physical so for me when i get frustrated i have to just keep my cool and like don't get frustrated or else that'll mess up my kind of, that'll mess up my game. Uh, Three, I'd probably say, Um, I don't know. Like you got to know, well, you got to have a strong serve. I'd probably say that's the third one. You got to have a good serve. Make sure when you throw, like toss the ball, that you have to have a good toss when you serve it. And yeah, you just got to, you got to, a strong serve really helps because you can get a bunch of aces too, which would
1: be nice. So, yes. Well, I think, uh, like you said, consistency. I, I'd have to agree with you on that. Being being the number one, because you see, Djokovic, Serena Williams, you know, Nadal, and you know, even though Federer is not currently playing, it seems like these people, you know, these players just they always are just getting it in, making the other player make mistakes. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what you want to do. And it's okay to make, like, it's okay to do certain shots, but that definitely consistently helps a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, let's get into the Australian Open a little bit, you know. And let, let's start with maybe uh, a second round matchup. And I, I'm not sure if you watch this one, and uh, but I talked about it a little bit already. Uh, last week on the podcast and that was Vavrinka versus honestly a guy I had never heard of but his name was Fuchovich and that set went into five sets uh, Vavrinka had 18 match points but ultimately lost so it honestly another question here what what would you do if you're Vavrinka and you have 18 match points and you end up losing. How, how do you go into your next match thinking I even have a chance of winning again? Like, I would just get so frustrated with that.
2: If, if I lost, like, or...
1: Yeah, if, if you had 18 if, match points and you lost.
2: If I was up two sets is what you're
1: saying? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, Vavrinka in that match, throughout the match, he had 18 match points to try to try and win. Right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But he lost. He couldn't win any of those 18 match points. Yeah, uh,
2: that'd be pretty frustrating, knowing that you have that, you can do that.
1: But, uh, so, well, what match so far has stood out the most to you? I I don't, you know, I think we've been trying to do a pretty good job of of watching it. Maybe not the the most excellent at watching these matches, because, you know, we're trying to record them and watch them because they're overnight, but...
2: I'll go ahead and say uh, a person who has stuck out to me, uh, even though I don't know if you recently watched, but he lost the number three, lost to I think eighteen or something team. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think it was the second round against Curious. Uh, uh, he was down two sets. Curious was just firing it out, and he was up two sets, and then Curious just tried this sick move of his own which was like under the leg or something and it did not work so that kind of helped. That was kind of a dumb move on my part on my opinion Uh, but team is known for his comebacks as you know last year he was down two sets and came back two or three sets and ended up winning the whole thing in the US Open and he did it again so that was a fun match to watch but it stinks because he ended up losing in the next round but I don't know if he was hurt or just tired but That
1: much stood out. Well, like you, like you said, you don't want to be attempted too many crazy shots. Kyrios, he is such a fun guy to watch because honestly, because he just does the most random dumb stuff in the world. Like, I could not tell you why he went for that between the legs shot. He could have just done a nice little easy, you know, slice drop shot. And uh, for those of you listening, a slice drop shot is just. Uh, where the player comes up to the net and it just barely kind of taps the ball right over the net but instead he goes for a wild shot and uh yeah I I, I mean I
2: don't know if if that was because I don't know if he normally does that or but like, like it seems pretty stupid to do it when you're up that much
1: yeah I don't well, and really, he could have won the match. Going into the match, I thought he, w- he would probably lose three sets to one and just win one set because he has such a powerful serve. Yeah. But I'll say we have to remember he hasn't played since the Australian Open last year. So it's been a little over a year since he's even played. So I thought it was impressive he did so well against team. but And then like you said, next round team. And really... A lot of players, I think, have had the injury bug in this tournament. It's been quite. So, and actually, the guy that Team lost to, because he lost three sets to zero, and the last set was he lost six to zero. There's no way Team Healthy loses to a guy named, you know, it's Dimitrov is who he lost to, the number 18 guy. I mean, I haven't seen Team ever lose six to zero.
2: Especially, yeah, six to zero, three sets to zero. That's, but I don't, I don't, I don't see how that happened. I don't know if he got hurt in the curious match and just didn't, and he just hit it. But yeah, that is shocking.
1: Yeah, and then actually, Dimitrov in the next round, uh, he won the first set against the guy, and then. His back started tightening up. He was, like, barely moving. I don't know if you watched that one because it was, like, a lower-profile match, but... But... uh, And
2: who was
1: that? that was who? It was Dimitrov versus the Cinderella story of the Australian Open. I I hadn't heard of him. Not even John McEnroe, who's, like, announcing these games, has heard of this guy. He is ranked 100... I think it was, like, 114th is what McEnroe said. A guy named Aslan Karetsev from Russia, <laughs> and he's he, he's he beat Dimitrov. His- he beat Dimitrov to go into the the semifinals of the Australian Open. I I have no idea, never heard of him, but I will say a reminder, Faith, that Medvedev is from Russia. Maybe he's practicing with Medvedev.
2: I mean, I could see that. Yeah.
1: I mean, how important... Oh, sorry, go ahead. So, Go ahead, go ahead. No, you, go ahead.
2: you can
1: go. Well, I was going to ask, how important is it to have a playing partner, you know, somebody you practice with, that's, you know, as good as you are or maybe a little bit better than you are in order to kind of train and get better? How important is that?
2: It's very important. You, you kind of... I mean... I mean... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like... For self-playing... I'd say playing with someone on your level is like more fun but definitely playing with someone a little bit higher than you can it can get you more practice it can make you more like what's the word that you use like get keep like running keeping in shape
1: yeah yeah you I, know? yeah I'm trying to think of a good word to cause. But
2: I, yeah I definitely me I play uh, at my high school this is going to be my last year and uh, the guy that I play with, he is going to be gone for my upcoming senior year, so I'm going to have to find a new one. But, yeah, definitely hitting with a harder player helps you be able to hit harder against them, power on power.
1: Right. Well, and I know <laughs> – this is a funny story. I know uh, one of my old professors in racquetball, he was like a god at racquetball would beat everybody. And he was saying that that he trained up this this other guy that he was friends with by just playing him left playing him left-handed until the other guy got good enough to beat him left-handed and then he switched to his right hand and started practicing. So so oh, wow. So really and honestly, I know we've played quite a bit against each other and I would th- yes. I think I think playing against each other, we're, I'd say we're pretty similar. If if not, you're better than me now, honestly, but
2: uh... Yeah, you some credit, man. You've helped me out.
1: Well, and I that's I think that's why, if Medvedev is playing this guy, and, and we can't forget about Rublev, Andre Rublev, also from Russia, another guy who's, he's ranked number seven, and actually he's playing Medvedev in the quarterfinals later tonight, um... These three guys, three Russian guys, if they're playing and helping practice each other, I mean, they could be really good going forward. As and if they play any team sports or you know team matches. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, have you watched very much of the N- Nadal matches?
2: Uh, I have. He played. Uh, the second round, he played a guy named Mo. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a weird spelling of of Mo too. It's not like M O, it was like M U H or something like
2: that. That was he won that one pretty easy. I wouldn't say that one was very interesting, but uh who did he play? I heard also, speaking of back problems, Nadal apparently has a back problem.
1: Well, and Djokovic does too. I mean, it seems like everybody's hurt. Well, Nadal, Nadal, his last match uh, was against a guy named uh, Fonini, who was number sixteen, and has actually had actually beaten Nadal four times. So it it looked promising in the first set. I don't know if you had watched that one yet, but uh, have you watched that one? Or not?
2: Oh, uh, I don't think I had, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, Nadal won it in three sets. Fanini had a chance in the first set to win the first set after he broke Nadal. And then Nadal broke back and ended up winning the first set and then easily won the second and third set. Now, yeah. if, you had to, if you had to guess, how many sets in a row do you think Nadal has won? In a row? Yeah.
2: Um, has he lost
1: one? He has not lost one in the Australian Open, but but even going back before then cuz it is an incredible number. It is astounding.
2: Uh, I mean, if you know, that's pretty that's pretty amazing if you know, but I don't know if I know.
1: He and this is kind of what my setup was was for a a shocking announcement here. Nadal has won 33 sets in a row without losing. Wow. <laughs> the record that's... The record is Federer with 36. So if Nadal wins this next match, he would tie.
2: He would tie, yeah.
1: So, and he plays... Who
2: knows how tennis works? That's a big accomplishment right
1: there. (laughs) Yeah, because what? You have to go, you know, each game, to win one game in a set, you have to win four points, essentially, and it's win by two.
2: So that's basically winning how many
1: points in a row? Well, not necessarily points, because you win one game, and then you have to win six of these games, win by two, so it could be seven to five even, or it goes to a a tie break, right, Um, which... Which would, if you won the tiebreak, you'd won seven to six. So he's won, you know, six. But he hasn't really been winning just like seven to six, seven to five. I mean, like you said, that one against Mo, he just cruised through. So. Yeah,
2: like like six two, six one, six zero, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'll be interested. He plays sits a pass, uh, upcoming tonight, and Sitsapass was supposed to play a guy named Matteo Berrettini, ranked number 9, and he he yes. forfeited the match due to injury. Sitsa pass got a free win. Basically got a free like $500,000 because the other guy forfeited.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so... I wonder why he didn't even try to play.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, okay, we've talked about the men quite a bit, you know, and we're... Uh, you know, we got Djokovic right now. It's, right now, I think Nadal's playing the most consistent. You know, out of everyone, he seems pretty healthy, healthier than a lot of the other guys. Even though, like you said, maybe his back's kind of hurting him a little bit. To me, I think Nadal's yeah. probably going to win this. I, I don't. Who's your pick for um, the men's? Um. Yeah. If, if Nadal
2: can keep doing what he's doing, then I mean, yeah. But I will like Djokovic. With Djokovic, there's been a few match been a few matches where he like the other opponent has kind of stayed pretty close with them but Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like I feel like Djokovic is stronger in my opinion but Nadal is more consistent so it's just which one which one's gonna work but they're certain they're both of their serves are really good but yeah my my picks probably I, I don't know I gotta say my pick's probably Djokovic I hate to say it but well, I mean, I,
1: I would rather Djokovic win if it was between Djokovic and Nadal. I'd rather Djokovic win, but uh, I mean, I gotta stick with my
2: lefties because I, I am a lefty, but which also that does help because there are not very many left-handed tennis players out there. So
1: uh, I can't believe you choose Nadal. Disgraceful. But uh,
2: uh, also, what? I bring up. Uh, you mentioned. Uh, break points, breaking, like, the other person's serve. Yeah. About, like, yeah, like, that, like, how, like, Nadal and that one match. Just wanted to say that, that, if breaking the other person's serve is a really good advantage, if you can do that, that can tremendously help you in a match as well.
1: Yes, for sure. Especially if you have a big, big serve, if you can get that break, and the other person can't break you, it's, that's why, that's why guys like, uh, you know, Kyrgios, and um, uh, like Zverev has a good serve. If you can get the ace, like you said, the aces and uh, well, another big serve. If we transition into the women's uh side of the the match, we know it's going to be Serena versus Osaka in the semifinals.
2: Yes, that is going to be an exciting match.
1: So, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Okay, well, I was just gonna say, uh, well, who, first off, who are
1: you? Who are you rooting for? Um, I'm probably going for Osaka. In it, just to see somebody else win. But
2: yeah, I mean, I gotta. I mean, I love my girl Osaka, but like, she's won like the past at least two years. Uh, and like Serena's getting pretty old, so I don't know how many years she has left. So I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm I'm kind of for either one, but like Serena'd be cool if she won some, if she won
0: this year.
1: Yes, I mean I think it will be cool for whoever you know either of them win, but they this that it's not the championship match between them. It's a, only a semifinal match. You can't forget about the other side, Ashley Barty, the number one seed from Australia. Mm-hmm trying to win you know her home major in Australia and it would be nice for her if they can get fans back in the stadium cuz just a few days ago they went Australia went back on lockdown so if she, if they can get fans back in the stadium for her semifinal match assuming she wins her quarterfinal t- later tonight then uh uh-huh. I don't know she might have the the home field advantage
2: that yeah and that honestly helps somewhat, but I don't know. This COVID
1: thing is is whack. Well, yeah, well, I don't want to get too much into that, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, the, there's two other American uh, women that are playing, and I think one of them, I think her name's Jennifer Brady, and she is, I think she's like number 22, and then she's playing a yeah. one of her friends. Uh, Jessica Pagulia, I think is her name. And she is like, she's not even ranked. I think, I think she's outside the top 50, but uh, I don't know who's going to win that one. I don't, yeah, I
2: don't really know that girl.
1: Yeah, well, I never heard of either of them until uh, till they made it to the quarterfinals. So. But I think, obviously, the the winner, I think, is probably going to be Osaka or... Serena I don't think For sure. I don't think anybody on the other side is going to be able to beat Serena or Osaka. So
2: Yeah, and I mean I'm honestly surprised that Serena is higher cuz like, I mean, uh, I don't know if we already mentioned this, but she beat the number 2 Halep or whatever her name is.
1: Yep, yeah, Halep.
2: Yeah, so that was a good match
1: and she won that one 6363 yeah. easy yeah
2: yeah she for how old she is she's still moving around pretty good this
1: year seems like yep yep i must be good fitness is all i can say i wish i was as fit as she was yeah but uh, i guess we all wish uh, we were as fit as she was in a uh, certain way but yeah
2: so who do you who do you th- Predict will win. Like if you had, if it ends up being, oh, wealthy, the the championship wouldn't be Serena and Osaka, which kind of stinks because that would be an exciting match. But it's either going to be Serena or Osaka. So I was going to ask you, who do you think would win between them two? But
1: well, I think I think Osaka will beat Serena, probably in three sets. Would be my guess. And I favor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think. I think Osaka, just because she's younger, I think she can outlast Serena a little bit. I mean, yeah. she has a good serve.
2: Yeah, I mean, Serena, Serena is really strong, though. And her serves are really good.
1: Yeah, so you're going with Serena, I, I mean, then.
2: Well, no, no, I'm not necessarily saying she'll win. I'm just saying that there are some perks about her, but Osaka is more consistent, so.
1: I think Osaka will probably win it all. I'm not sure how good that... You know... Barty... Ashley Barty is... As the number one seed... But... Really I think Osaka should have been the number one seed... But... Uh... The tennis ranking system is kind of... If you don't play... If you don't play... You kind of go down... Even though you might be better... Like Serena Williams is number 10... But she could probably be number 3... You know so... Yeah... But uh... Well... I think that just about does it. We're reaching about 25 minutes here. And, uh, you know, this was good. Maybe, maybe we'll have you on, uh, try this one more time next week uh, to discuss the semifinals and the championship matches. Maybe Nadal gets his 21st to take the lead for most Grand Slams. I'm hoping he doesn't, as a Federer fan, but uh, it'll be interesting. And uh, Serena, I mean, she's always, she's always capable of winning. Um, but yeah. That is true. So you have anything else yet to, to add? Um,
2: I mean, hey, you should always to people out there who have not tried tennis, try it uh it is the best sport ever and hey if you get it professionally if you get in the profession what am i saying
1: (laughs) if you can if you can play at the professional level
2: yeah yeah yeah, you get a lot of money so but it's also it's just a fun sport and uh you can play it when you're older it's just it's fun play with you can honestly just go out by yourself and practice your serves that's what i'm gonna do I'm going to be basically
1: living on the courts this summer, so. Yep, does not sound like a bad plan. And I think we're all yep. looking forward to the summer after this uh, winter snowstorm, so.
2: I am ready for that to be over.
1: <laughs> but, uh, so, I think uh, that just about wraps it up. Uh, I think this will probably, I think we're going to end up putting this in a uh, as part of the podcast and then it also be just a separate video uh, for those of you that just want to live in the, the world of tennis for, for a half hour. So uh, thank you very much faith for coming on and uh, maybe we'll see you next week and uh, in the future for more grand slam discussions. Awesome.
2: Thanks for having me. Hope to see you again.
1: Yes, and thank you all for listening, and uh, have a good night.